Hello and welcome to Pastor Rick's Daily Hope, the audio broadcast ministry of Pastor Rick Warren. Your mind is the greatest gift God has given you. That's why today we continue with a series called Rethinking Your Life. In these lessons, Rick shares nine biblical pillars we need to reshape our minds so that we can become more like Jesus Christ. Right now, here's Pastor Rick with part one of a message called Defeating Discouragement. In this series, I've been telling you that you have to rethink the things in your life if you're gonna change the things in your life. The same kind of thinking you've been using doesn't work. If you think the same thing over and over, you're not gonna have any changes in your life. The Bible calls changing your mind repentance. This is a series on repentance. The Greek word metanoia is the word for repent. It simply means change your mind. Anytime you change your mind from the way you've been looking at something to the way God sees it is called repentance. And life is about learning to think less and less from my point of view which is often skewered and messed up and uh, you know twisted because of background and all kinds of stuff, biology. But uh, the best way is to think the way God thinks because God's always gonna think the truth. And the more I get God's truth in my life, the more then I can change my thoughts, I can repent, and then I can start living in a better way. Now, last week I told you that if you're gonna deal with temptation, you have to, you can't resist it. You have to outthink it. You have to think about temptation in a different way. You have to change your mind. You have to repent. And the same is true with sin and the same is true with life and with happiness and money and sex and every other area that we're going to be covering uh, in this series. This week, I want us to look at changing your mind about the way you think about the things that discourage you. I meet people who are discouraged all the time and they're ready to throw in the towel. They're at the end of their rope. They're ready to give up and they're discouraged about a lot of things and people go, you know, there's so much bad in the world right now. Well, I hate to tell you this, but there always has been. It's not like it's worse. It always has been bad because the Bible says God gives us a free choice and we often choose to not follow what he says to do. The Bible calls that sin and evil. And, and, and so people get discouraged. And I thought this week we would look at how do you defeat discouragement in your life? Now, I don't know what's discouraging you, but if you've been discouraged by your finances or your health or a relationship or anything, you picked a good week to come to church uh, because that's what we're gonna look at. If you take out your message notes, it's inside your program. So we begin to look at defeating discouragement You know, discouragement can be quite debilitating. Um, It can cause you to give up trying. You can give up hoping. You can give up caring when you get discouraged. When you get discouraged, you can give up believing. And the Bible has a lot to say about discouragement. I put a couple of examples there at the top of your outline. Exodus chapter six, verse nine says this. Moses told the people what the Lord had said, but they wouldn't listen anymore. They had become too discouraged by the increasing burden of their slavery. I wonder what you feel is enslaving you. I wonder what burden is getting you down. I wonder what problem you've had that's, you've had it for so long, it's been so chronic, 
that you get discouraged that like these people, they wouldn't even listen to God. They couldn't hear God because of their discouragement. The burden was too heavy in their life. And we all know that times in life, you come to a point where you just go, I'm so burdened down, I'm so overwhelmed, I don't even know what to think, what to believe, what to care about. That's discouragement. David felt this. In Psalm 42, verse five, David says, why am I so discouraged? Why am I sad? And then he answers his own question, I will put my hope in God. Anytime you feel discouraged, you need to change your thoughts, you need to change your focus, you need to change your mind. Now what we're gonna do today is look at a great example from Paul uh, on how to change your thoughts so you're not discouraged. Paul, of course, had many, many reasons to be discouraged. Paul had a very tough life, certainly a whole lot tougher than your life. If you don't believe that, look at this on the screen. Let me read this to you. Uh, The Bible says in 2 Corinthians, this is Paul's testimony, I've worked much harder I've been in prison more frequently because of preaching the gospel. I've been flogged more severely. I doubt you've ever had that. I've been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received 39 lashes, you know, with the whip. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned, nearly stoned to death. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. And I've been constantly on the move and I've been in danger from rivers, from bandits, from my own countrymen. I've been in dangers from the Gentiles, in danger in the city, in the country, at sea, and in dangers from false brothers. He says, I have often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and I've gone without food. I've been cold and I've been naked, no clothes. Besides everything else, I faced daily the pressures of my concern or all the, the churches. And you think you got problems. <laughs> I wanted to read that to you because if anybody had a right to be discouraged, I would say it's that guy. If your life was that, you would have a right to be discouraged. And yet in 2 Corinthians chapter four, Paul gives us the seven secrets of defeating discouragement. This is gonna be a very hopeful and very helpful uh, message today. So if you take the message notes out and if you look at 2 Corinthians chapter four, let's get right into what Paul says. And he just goes, we're gonna just go verse by verse. First, the first secret of defeating discouragement is this. Never forget how much God loves me. Never forget how much God loves me. You have to keep this constantly in focus if you're going to be immune to discouragement because everything in life flows out of the love of God, out of the mercy of God, out of the grace of God, out of the kindness of God. It all flows out of his love. Now, of course, you know God loves you. You, You've heard it probably all your life. You've heard me preach on it week after week after week. You know God loves you, but do you feel it? When you stop feeling the love of God, you can't feel it in your heart. That's when you start to get discouraged. And and so you've gotta know the mercy. You've gotta know the grace, but you've gotta feel God's mercy. You've gotta feel God's grace. Here's the first verse, 2 Corinthians chapter four, verse one. God in his mercy has given us this ministry and work to do. 
That is why we do not become discouraged and we never give up. Now in this whole chapter, about three or four times this chapter, he goes, this is why we don't get discouraged. This whole chapter is on discouragement. And he starts by saying, I don't get discouraged because I remember how much God loves me. I remember the mercy of God, the grace of God. I remember the kindness of God. When I'm focused on that, it drives the discouragement away. Now, he says God in his mercy has given us, everything you have in life is a gift of God's mercy. The breath you're breathing right now, uh, the, the, the brain you have, the health you have, the body, everything you have, your life in itself is a gift of the mercy of God. What is mercy? Well, it's a lot of things, but mercy is God gives me what I need, what, not what I deserve. And mercy is when God knows every mistake I'll make in my life, and yet he still created my life. That's mercy. And that God knows every sin I'll commit in my life, and yet he still loves me. That's mercy. And Paul says, for me to not get discouraged, what I have to do is I have to focus on the mercy and the grace and the love of God. And he says, that keeps me going. When you get discouraged, I guarantee you, when you get discouraged, at that moment, you've stopped feeling the love of God. Because you can't feel how much God loves you and be discouraged at the same time. So it's either one or the other. I don't know why, but a lot of people who followed the Lord for a long time, they've been Christians a long time, they don't feel God's love because they only think God speaks to them in a critical voice. They hear their mom or their dad. And every time God speaks to them, it's always negative. Friends, if the voice is always negative, it's not God. You've got to keep the love of God in, in your mind. Remember that you were created to be loved by God. God made you to love you. We've talked about this so many times. And the number one purpose of your life is not for you to do good. The number one purpose of your life is not for you even to love God back. The number one purpose of your life is to let God love you. Let God, are you letting God do that? Are you letting God love you? That's your first purpose. You were made to let God love you. He made you to love you. Now, this is what it means to have the mercy and grace and love of God always in your mind. Two of the benefits of always focusing on God's love and mercy is number one, uh, I don't have to prove my worth. You can get off the performance cycle trap. And, and number two, I don't have to wallow in my failures because I know of God's mercy and grace and his love. So Paul starts with that. Now, in the second uh, verse, he gives us the second key of defeating discouragement. And this is really important. Never fake it. Never fake it. Be yourself. What I'm talking about here is being authentic, being genuine, being real. You got to be who God made you to be. Nothing is more discouraging than trying to be something you're not. Because when you wear a mask, when you act, when you pose, that gets tiring. And, and you're afraid that other people might find out who you are and you're afraid that God might not love you and all of these things. Nothing's more discouraging than trying to be something that you're not. I'll say it as clearly and simply as I can. God didn't make you to be somebody else. When you get to heaven, God isn't gonna say, why aren't you more like your sister? Or your mom, or your dad, or your brother, or Billy Graham. Or why weren't you more like Pastor Tom? Or Pastor Rick. Yeah. 
we're getting way up there next to Jesus when we talk about Tom, but, but here's the point. God does not bless fakes or phonies. God does not bless posers. God does not bless when you try to pretend to be something you're not. If you want God's blessing on your life, you better just start being who God made you to be. Stop trying to be, live for the pleasure or the pleasing of other people, the approval of other people. God didn't put you on earth for the approval of other people. He put you on earth to be who you are, and when you be who God made you to be, God looks down and goes, that's my boy. That's my girl, that's who I made you to be. If you try to be somebody else, we don't need two of anybody else. And if you're not gonna be you, God should just go ahead and kill you and take you on to heaven. Because we don't need a carbon copy. Most of us start off as originals in life and end up as carbon copies. When you try to be something you're not, that's discouraging. Paul says, don't fake it. Here's what he says in 2 Corinthians 4.2. We don't try to trick anyone. In other words, we're not putting on a, a phony mask. We're not trying to pretend we're something we're not. And we don't twist the word of God. Instead, we teach the truth plainly, showing everyone who we really are. That's an antidote to, to discouragement. Who we really are. Then they can know in their hearts what kind of people we are in God's sight. Paul says, I'm just trying to be myself. I'm not trying to please everybody else. I've got nothing to hide. What you see is what you get. Nothing is more discouraging than trying to please everybody. Why? Because even God can't do that. If you realize this, even God can't please everybody. Somebody's praying for the Rams to win and somebody's praying for the Chargers to win, okay? And somebody's praying for it to rain and somebody's praying for it not rain and somebody's praying that it'll snow and I can stay home from school. And others said, please don't let it snow. Even God can't please everybody. So only a fool would try to do what God can't do. You know, just about the time you get crowd A pleased, crowd B gets ticked off at you. And, and then when you get crowd B pleased, crowd A's upset with you. You know, I've been on the cover of Newsweek magazine twice, once as a hero and once as a zero. <laughs> one of them, they were building me up and one of them, they were tearing me down. That's life, folks. That's just life. And, and so you, you can't fake it. You gotta be who you're going to be. If you're always trying to be something you're not, you're always gonna be under stress, you're always gonna fear being exposed, you're always gonna have to wear a mask, and you're going to be prone to discouragement. What I'm telling you as your pastor is, you don't have to be perfect for God to bless you, but you do have to be authentic. You, you do have to be real. So Paul says, first, I want you to remember that God's never gonna stop loving you, and then second, be who he, he made you to be. Warts and all. You know, I'm a very flawed man. If you don't believe that, ask my kids or Kay or Tom or anybody who's close to me. I'm very flawed. But I actually think that talking to you about my flaws, not trying to pretend like I've got it all together, is a good thing. Because we don't grow from other people's strengths, we grow from their weaknesses. Because you go, oh man, if God blesses Rick that much, and he's such a doofus, <laughs> then maybe God could bless me. Because he certainly doesn't have it all together, so maybe God could bless me like that. And, and it is in our weakness we actually help uh, other people. 
Now, what keeps you from really being real? One word, fear. What keeps you from being honest about your weaknesses is your own fear of rejection. And what's the antidote to the fear of rejection? Point number one, focusing on God's unconditional love for me. And if I'm focused on how much God loves me, if God loves me and I like me and you don't like me, that's your problem. So it's really important, these first two. Don't fake it, but focus on the, on the love of God. Now here's the third secret to defeating discouragement. Remember that it's not about me. Remember that it's not about me. The more self-focused I am in life, uh, the more prone to discouragement I'm gonna be. Every time you forget that life is bigger than you, that you're not the center of the universe, you're not God's gift to the world, you're not holding up, you're not Charles Atlas holding up the world or whatever. Uh, you think it's all about you and anytime you forget that it's not about you, you're gonna get either prideful or you're gonna get fearful uh, or you're gonna get bitter. Prideful, fearful, or bitter because God didn't make the world to revolve around you. And not only that, when you think everything's all about you, then you take everything personally and you get your feelings hurt so fast. Now here's the next verse, 2 Corinthians 4 verse five. He says, our message is not about ourselves. It's not about us, it's not about you, it's not about me. Our message is not about us, it is about Jesus Christ as Lord. We're merely your servants for Jesus' sake. Now, he says a couple important things in that verse. First, he says, our message is not about ourselves. God has a unique life message for you. He puts you on this earth, and he has a message he wants to say to the world through you. The message that God wants to say through you to the whole world is called your life message. But your life message is not about you, it's about him. God didn't put you on earth to be about you, he put you on earth to be about him, is your creator. Your life message is about God. And he says, it's not about you. You know, when I wrote Purpose Driven Life, the first four words of that book are, it's not about you. And I intentionally chose those four words to start the book, it's not about you, because that's the most counterculture message you could give in today's world because everything in our world says the exact opposite. It's all about you. Have it your way, we do it all for you. You deserve the best today, you're number one. Look out for one, I've gotta do what's best for me. Everything in society, every music song, every video game, every TV show, um, you know, uh, the news, everything around you, every advertisement says, you gotta think about you. You gotta think about you. Not, no advertisement says think about others. Certainly, no advertisement says think about God. Everything says think about you. It's all about you, 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 you. And that's why I put in there, it's not about you. I'll tell you personally, sometimes I wish I hadn't put that in there because I had no idea, I didn't know that for the rest of my life, maybe 20 times a day, I was gonna get tested personally on that verse, on that phrase, it's not about you. And sometimes I think I have to say that to myself 20 times a day. Somebody gives me a praise, I go, it's not about you. Somebody gives me a criticism, it's not about you. Somebody misjudges something that I did, it's not about you. Somebody disagrees with me, it's not about you. 
And I, I have often had to say it to myself sometimes every hour in a particular day. But it's one of the things we have to learn. Remember, it's not about me. When I focus on me, I'm going to get discouraged. Now, the second part of that verse, he says, it's not about us, but we're merely servants for Jesus' sake. Now, this phrase, for Jesus' sake, Paul uses it twice in this chapter. He says, we do what we do for Jesus' sake. And what he's talking about here is motivation. Now, motivation and discouragement have a lot to go uh, uh, do together. God is always more interested in why you do what you do than what you do. Let me say it again. God is always more interested in why you're doing what you're doing than he is what or even how because he cares about the motivations of your heart. You can do the right thing for the wrong reason. Why always determines how long in your life. If you go out on a project or you get a goal, you get an ambition, and you forget why, you'll get discouraged and quit. A lot of people start off in life knowing why they wanna do what they wanna do, this particular career, or marry this person, or whatever. When you forget why you married the person, when you forget why you went into that career, when you forget why you gave your life to Christ, when you forget the why, you're gonna stop doing the how long. Discouragement always happens when we forget the why. So let me ask you before we go on, why do you do what you do? Why do you do what you do? Well, I, I do it to put money you know, in my pocket, to put food on the table. That's not a good enough motivation. That will wear out pretty quickly. So remember that it's not about me. This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. We are so happy you've chosen to study along with us today. Do you ever feel like the abundant life Jesus promises seems just out of reach? Well, you're not alone. Many people feel that way. That's why Pastor Rick created a brand new Bible study called Rethinking Your Life. It's a groundbreaking experience that will challenge, inspire, and guide you to a deeper understanding of your purpose and faith by helping you transform the way you think. As you study along with Pastor Rick, you'll learn how to think like Jesus so you can overcome temptation, conquer discouragement, and understand the purpose behind pain. This study is a journey into a deeper relationship with God. Let His Word transform your mind, allowing you to see your life through His eyes, apply His wisdom, and step into a life of purpose and joy. If you're ready to embark on a journey that will transform your life, then request your copy of Rethinking Your Life today when you give a gift to help Daily Hope take the life-changing Word of God to people at home and all around the world. Go to PastorRick.com right now to get your copy. That's PastorRick.com. Or you can text the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. That's the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. Thanks so much for your support. Today is the last day to get this great resource, so don't wait. Be sure to join us next time as we look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Pastor Rick's Daily Hope and your generous financial support.